Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg from Rightsource here talking not-for-profits and structures. One of the uh, topics has been quite um, common lately and done a couple of discussions both at a group and an individual level is talking about federated models. Now, a federated model in the not-for-profit space is where a group of largely independent not-for-profits come together uh, in a consolidated way to form another entity which combines resources to do um, something more effectively, more efficiently. Where you see federated models uh, most commonly is where you have organisations that have been set up on a state basis, so like you have uh, Queensland and New South Wales, Victoria, um, charity, all under the same name, and then they set up a national model, a national entity. And that national entity has all the states as members. So that's an example of a federated model. A lot of people think that is the federated model, but that is an example of a federated model. It's also quite often held up as one of the issues in the not-for-profit space um, in terms of not-for-profits being ineffective in that they've got um, individual state entities working on their own thing and then they've got a national body working on their own thing and they're all doing HR and back office work and they've got, each have got boards, so doesn't that speak to inefficiency? And because these are seen as inefficient, there's a lot of calls for these entities to merge, become one entity. And sh- surely, if you become one entity rather than you know one for each state and one national and just be one, that you'll gain a lot of efficiencies because you won't have multiple boards, you can have one back, of, back office, you can do those type of things. Now, it's also posed that if those structures existed in the for-profit space, that someone would come in... Um, purchase all the entities and basically amalgamate them anyway. And it's just because of the not-for-profit space that there is no commercial reality in it that that's why it doesn't happen. Now, I'd like to challenge that a little bit because in the for-profit space, there is an example of something similar to a federated model, and that is a joint venture. So a joint venture is the same sort of thing where two or more entities come together to form another incorporated entity that goes and undertakes a task on the benefit of all the one all the joint venture parties and it may not necessarily be specifically what the others do or it might be but it's in a specific geographical area uh, a specific project something like that so that in the for-profit space is seen as an effective use of resources and a good management of risk so there it does exist in the for-profit space so if we're saying that there are examples of these type of models, that federated type of model working. Perhaps rather than looking at how do we get rid of them, how do we make them work better? So there's a couple of things that you can do uh, that I would suggest can make the existing federated models work much more effectively than how they're currently operating. Now, the first and the most common thing that happens with a federated model is each of the states have a representative they put on to the federated or the national board entity. So quite often is either the CEO or the chair of that organi- of the state organization goes and sits on the board of the national. Now, though that makes sense from a representative point of view, 
it doesn't make sense from an effective governance point of view. If you set up a national body to do things like advocating or national fundraising or tackle national issues across all states that are specific and you've given that national entity a specific task to do, which is different to the state-based entities, surely what you want at that national level is a board made up of directors who have the skills for the task that you're giving that national entity to do, which by definition, because you're setting it up to do things that the states aren't able to do effectively, is a different skill set. So really what you're looking to do is have a skills-based board of that national entity. Now, as a first suggestion, that can often make the states quite nervous because, well, what if they go off and do something different? Well, there's two, two caveats to this. The first one is the states still remain the members of, the, of that national body. So as the members, you have the ability to change the board or to, if the directors aren't doing what the states as, as a collective are wanting to do, they can change the board. So there's definitely still the ability to provide feedback and the ability to make a change to the board if needed. The other thing it does is it creates at that national level, the boardroom discussions are more about how do we achieve the purpose of why that national entity was set up as opposed to a state-based, well, Queensland wants to do this, WA wants to do that, New South Wales thinks it should be done this way. And it becomes more of a jostling as to you know, a power-based discussion in terms of how the entity should move forward and how it's benefiting their particular state, not necessarily thinking about how the national entity is fulfilling its purpose. So for me, skills-based boards is something that we all talk about in the not-for-profit space about the benefits they have to an organization. It's the same example here with the Federated model. That national entity should have a skills-based board and you'll get a much greater value out of that entity. The second thing in terms of the federated model and making it work better for everybody is tackling what I would see as a general level of frustration the states would have with the national body. Now, this is where you have talk like uh, the state saying, oh, the national body is trying to tell us to do this. They don't have any jurisdiction on telling us what we do. That's not their job. Or the state saying, I, we thought they were going to provide us this service, but they haven't. Or they, they were going to deliver us these things, but they haven't done it. And similarly, the national body going, well, the states are supposed to provide a certain support, but they haven't provided the support or they're not acting consistently with how, you know, we all agreed to do things. So how this is tackled, and this happens, like, that happens at a federated model, but it also happens within entities as well. So it's not unusual to hear those type of things talked about when you're in a not-for-profit that is one entity. So the fact that it's a federated structure doesn't, isn't the cause of that frustration, it's the cause of that frustration is that there's not clear policies and guidelines or agreements on how things are going to work. Not only do they have to be clear, they have to be enforced or the ha- people have to be held accountable. So if you're going to have a federated model that's then responsible for advocacy at a national level, the state should then let them do it. So the state should then not be getting involved in doing advocacy themselves at a national level if they set up the, an organization to do that. So... It's about having a clear agreement, understanding the roles and responsibilities of each of the entities that are involved, which should be consistent with their own individual constitutions and their own purpose in those constitutions. But then once that's agreed, make sure that's maintained. And 
So there's obviously the setting the accountability, there's holding people account to it, ensuring they have the uh, resources to do that stuff. But then as things adapt and change, coming back and revisiting those things. So if there is frustration, if there isn't clarity, having a method and a process to resolve that through updating policies or agreements so that everyone knows what everyone else is doing and that you are working as a collective. I think it is a false truth to think that if everyone merges and we all become one entity, then we can just tell everybody what to do and that solves everything. Because when you look at not-for-profits that are one entity, that they still have exactly the same problem. So I think we should definitely take our time looking at federated models. And if you're in a federated model, look at doing some of these things you can do to improve the way that it works as opposed to saying, well, this is the model that we're given and it doesn't work. It can work and it does work in, in multiple situations. So have a look at those two suggestions and see if they're a first step towards making a federated model more of a joy to work for than a frustration. That was it for today. I'm going to do another uh, video. You can check this out on our YouTube in terms of perhaps federating models having some more meaningful impact to the not-for-profit space. So if you're interested in that, check out the YouTube. Otherwise, thanks for your time today. Uh, it's been Justin Tong from RightSource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.